Hello and welcome to my podcast. Sit back and relax while you listen to me, Ryan French, talk with experts in business as we explore the inner crevices of our minds and how this relates to peak performance. Now during my adolescence I was engaged in damaging and destructive behaviours that saw me get arrested several times and eventually a dishonourable discharge from the military. At that point in my life I had two options. One was to continue along this damaging and destructive path and the other was to accept that I needed help and seek recovery. Fortunately, I took the second option. Now throughout this time, boxing was my passion and I received my professional boxer's licence in 2016 but I got injured in my third fight and was strongly advised not to box again. Now whilst this experience presented challenges and difficulties, it was also the catalyst for something better. I now work with business owners and senior team members, helping them to be more resilient, optimistic and high performing in the workplace, whilst creating a life that generates more fulfilment. The purpose of this podcast is to help people who might be going through similar challenges to help you find solutions to your problems whilst creating a life that generates much more happiness. For more information on my one-to-one or team coaching programmes or workplace seminars, head over to my website, hittingtargetslimited.com. That's hittingtargetsltd.com. Please like, subscribe and share. Hello and welcome back. It's me, Ryan French, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, broadcaster and journalist, Nathan Rao. Hi, Nathan. Thank you so much for coming, mate. Pleasure. Uh, How are you? Fine. I find I've just done one of your workouts. I'm a bit. I'm aching a bit. (laughs) But other than that, my mouth works. So that's all. Hopefully. (laughs) Well, hopefully you're on like this endorphin rush. I'm on an endorphin rush. Yeah, I'm always on an endorphin rush after one of your (laughs) sessions. Right, I have to say. Uh, but it's just going to sound life in general then. I was going to say, well, that's a really positive mm. thing to say. <laughs> Greenwich Park, session with you. Yeah, what could be better? Nice one. Yeah, nice one. It was um, a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty intense session today, wasn't it? It was. It was good. It was not, I like the static, actually. A Did bit like static it? today, yeah. yeah, yeah I think because I've got a sprained training. ankle, as you know. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that we didn't run around quite as much as we did at the beginning of the week because yeah. it was starting to feel it. But Yeah, like, because um, I, I when we are at the start of the session I asked about people's injuries and obviously I'd already planned what we were going to be doing today and I had quite a few people saying they had ankle, yeah. ankle problems or like yeah, knee yeah. problems today so I was thinking oh, it's not, not good for them they've got injuries but like it's actually worked out alright it's amazing we, we all make it here isn't it we're all like glued <laughs> yeah, together <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah, yeah just start packing as in my friend <laughs> but um, yeah so I, I have to say Nathan I am a little bit nervous <laughs> really? about doing this interview today I am yeah like I am really like really honoured that you've um that you've agreed to come on the podcast because I mean reading through your website and looking through like the the, the lot of YouTube stuff that's out there with you um, you've like interviewed a lot of big names haven't you like Barbara Windsor Will I Am Jesse yeah. J Catherine Zeta Jones and I like, I'm not name dropping here because they're <laughs> people that you've interviewed I mean but so you, the, the resume is pretty impressive yeah right? it's quite normal though I mean it's not it, it... <laughs> Thank you very much. It's not quite as impressive as it sounds. I mean, right. on, a, on a newspaper, you do get sent out okay, right. quite a lot to meet these people. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's quite interesting. You know, one minute you're, you're sort of trying to get into newspapers, the next minute you're in a newsroom and they're sending you out to meet these people. That you think, oh, my yeah. God, I've got to go. And, it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, I've got to go and speak to uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, who I think was getting, I think it was OBE at the time. Wow. It was at the Palace. It was OBE or CBE, right. one of the two. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's very quick fire yeah. interview time. How do you manage that? Because I, I am like... Um, I'm like, uh, like one of those in because I had um, actually um, in one of my sessions once I had um, uh, Marina. Um, do you remember that uh, the, she's a like, pop star, Marina? If um, it's pre 1989, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> well, anyway, post 1989. I can't remember her name, but at the time, like, this was about ten years ago. She turned up to do one of my sessions, and I recognised her straight away. And I, really? I, and I just went into like, fan mode. <laughs> but how do you avoid that? Well, it's quite sort of, a lot of the people that you go and speak to. I'm not actually. 
um, they're like politicians or they're people. Oh, right, or you've okay. got a job to do. So yeah, yeah. you'll be going to interview these people with a specific job to do. Mm. So your mind is on, I need to get the right line for the paper. Otherwise, if I go back, my life's not going to be worth living. I've got to get it down. I've got to, I've got to get in before someone else because there's usually a huddle of people trying to talk to them at the same time. So you don't have much time to, to get wor- you know, to get awestruck by these people. You just think, if the story's about Catherine Dieter-Jones getting the OBE and I need to get the best line out of her and I've got my question in my head, my, my edict is I've got to go in, get that question to her, get the answer and then get back to the office to write it up. Right, yeah. Because I probably want it on the website before the other papers get it on the website. Right. So you don't really, you go in in work mode, and I presume it's the same as you. When yeah. you're in work mode, you're yeah. in work mode. Your yeah. mind is, is on what you've got to do. And eventually they do, and I don't know, it's, they do sort of blur in a bit. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. that, you know, you sometimes it's a bit of an annoyance as well, because you've right. got 101 things you need to do, and then they get someone, send, they send you out to go and interview Tom Jones. You think, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. But you're just thinking, oh my I've God, got so I've much got other stuff so much to stuff do. to do, and now yeah. I've got to go and interview Tom Jones about, um, uh, he was doing The Voice. And I just thought, oh my God, I've got so much on to do, and I've got to go and interview that, and I've got to come back and come do that. And so you're just on hyper mode. Yeah. So you don't get a chance really to get yeah. awestruck. So I, we were talking just before the podcast there, and you said you interviewed Boris Johnson. Yeah. Uh, how long ago was that? That was about, it was before, it was when I was still working for the Daily Express, and it was when, it would be about six or seven years ago, it was when he was still Mayor of London. Ah, uh, okay, all right. And what it was, it was a, it wasn't a political interview, I don't do political interviews because I'm rubbish at politics, I just don't understand politics. <laughs> it's I mean, also but, safer for me not to get involved, because I'm, I'm I am like, all or nothing kind of guy, Yeah. and when I got, um, not, not too long ago actually, I was listening to LBC quite a lot. And I just got like emotionally invested in yeah. politics, and it just didn't do me any favors. It doesn't. It doesn't serve me. So I'm like, well, do you know what? I'm just going to step away from that. Yeah. And I, I'm, not, I'm not to say that I won't get interested in it again. I probably will, but at the moment, I'm just like, there's other things in the world that I yeah. need to be focusing my attention, my time on. Absolutely, I'm the same actually. And in fact, I don't watch, and I don't. It's really weird. I don't really read newspapers. Yeah. I write for them, but I don't oh, read them a lot because I read them to sort of keep up. But I don't read them too much because I do find a lot of it gets into your head. It yeah. sort of it can be very, especially at the moment, it can be very. Yeah. It's all obviously it's all Brexit and it's all yeah. very depressing and it's very serious. And I, I just I sort of I, I want to distance myself a bit from that. I yeah. have to say so politics. I'm so rubbish at politics. I yeah. just I don't understand it. I have to mug up for about an hour before I do anything that's vaguely political right. honestly yeah. I can't just go out and, and yeah. do a, an interview with someone really high in policy stuff. I'm literally sat with Wikipedia before going okay this guy is this, who's that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so Boris Johnson was um, it was when the owner of the, at, the, at the time the owner of the Daily Express who was Richard Desmond he did something called the health lottery which was a lottery type thing oh, to run yes. alongside the Lord do you remember that, that? yeah and as part of that the, part of the money from the health lottery went towards good causes in uh, various communities and one of those was an adventure playground in Shadwell and he and he's friends with Boris Johnson so Boris was there to sort of you know promote it as well I suppose and they were on swings and uh, I was trying to talk to Boris Johnson who's swinging backwards and forwards on a swing it's hilarious that's if you're going to interview Boris Johnson anywhere, that is where you would expect to interview him. Have you seen him on the? Did you see him on the cable car when he came down <laughs> yeah, on the cable car? Yeah, you want him doing yeah. something like that. You don't yeah, want exactly. Boris just yeah. Yeah, if you're going to interview Boris Johnson, yeah. you want him doing something. You want him doing something, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that sort of leads me into what I was um, going to ask you. Like, so you got like this extensive like experience and career, impressive career, like for um, like broadcasting. So having a lot of people reading your articles online and. Thank well, you. <laughs> yeah, well, you did a lot. Of, you had a lot of people. Well, at one point, you was um, the go-to weatherman, weren't you? At one yeah, point. I, I, I sort of like to think I still am. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, it's it's gone down a bit, but I still I still do a lot of weather. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, what I mean by that is, you was on like this morning. And, yeah. Uh, they were getting you in. Uh, although I think they were being pretty uh, pretty hard on you at one point, weren't they? When I was getting you on. <laughs> well, yeah, they threw water over me and stuff like that. Yeah, they? Know, they, yeah. On one of them, they were actually throwing tomatoes at me 
Really? I don't know how the tomatoes came into it, but we got together with the producer beforehand and we were talking about what we could do to like make it even more. So the water pistols we'd done and then we were doing wind machines. Yeah. And there was one time when they were throwing tomatoes as well. And there was one, there was one they were literally had the wind machine going and they were spraying water at me and they were throwing tomatoes at me. I think it was something to do because I did a prediction for a hot summer and it didn't in the end. And everyone was cr- something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, um, and I was trying to deliver this piece to a lot, li- you know, live. And they were throwing all this stuff at me with the wind machine and I could just hear pots crashing behind me and things falling over and I was thinking this is just total chaos <laughs> but yeah they so yeah they did they yeah. did put me through it a bit yeah so what what are you what are you up to now because you just said that you, um like you just said that you still are doing stuff with the weather so what what's your what are you doing now in your yeah, career so I now freelance so I worked for uh I worked as staff on newspapers for about 10 years right. some of that was on local newspapers and it was on national newspapers and then I left in uh about five years ago to go freelance and now I I still write predominantly about the weather mm. but what I wanted to do was sort of open my scope of opportunity so when you're at staff on anywhere not just a newspaper you can only rewrite for that newspaper you're sort of bound you're not allowed to do anything for anyone else and I just thought I've got this great patch that I work on you know the weather and I I love it I'm absolutely obsessive about it yeah and um, I just want to go out and just write for all the newspapers just go and do you know I can I can write my stuff under my own steam and do it so I do the weather a lot and I do other stuff I do some consumer stuff I do some general news stuff I just do anything anything that newspapers would be interested in really okay all right so how do you um how do you decide what you're going to write on? Like, what do you, what, how do you, what, what jumps out at you? So it really is, um, you're in, first of all, you start off, you're in competition. So as a freelancer, you're in competition with all the other freelancers out there mm. from the word go. Uh, and also with staff members who are on staff contracts so the newspapers don't have to pay them extra. So, you know, I'm, I'm here uh, offering wares that newspapers are going to have to pay me extra for, you know. Yeah. So you, what you're looking for is you're looking for the best line. It's called the line. It's the best oh, angle right, okay. on, on the right. weather. So, you know, any, it's not just a case of, say, for example, the weather, you know, you just sort of write what the weather's doing. You have to think about what, how do I make it into a news story? Right. And then how do I make it the best news story that's going to be out there today? Because there's other people out there who are going to be probably writing about the weather, but yeah. I want my one in the paper. Yeah, yeah. How am I going to make it best? And, and anybody, quite a few people listening to your podcast may laugh at this point mm. when I say you always stay within the, within the truth. You're not allowed to veer out of the boundaries of truth. Yeah. However, yeah. Whatever people say you don't I mean I don't anyway yeah. but you can be very clever with the facts and make the story as interesting as possible could you explain then because I would, I, would, I would have to say that I'm probably going to when you, you said be... that I'm one of those people yeah. that would probably laugh at that you would some of that, those, yeah. not, not necessarily your articles but just like some of the articles that I would, I would front, understand if you did Ryan don't worry <laughs> front, uh, some of the front line stuff that you like the headline stuff yeah. that you see on tabloids I mean what it is it's a lot of mind play I think that goes into it and this comes into why I'm very careful when I read the newspapers because I'm susceptible as well okay. you can have a story that's really cleverly written and it's perfectly truthful there's not a shred of inaccuracy in there okay but it's angled very cleverly i mean journalists are very skillful at using words to say Mm, what they want to say so it's angled very carefully to get the the best stuff up top so it's it's unlike if you're writing say a novel where you leave the best till last when you're working in news the best stuff is up top so you could you explain could you maybe give an example of something that you so for example you wrote if it's going to be a particularly windy day across the country, but somewhere in Scotland they might get a 90 mile per hour wind, that's what you zone in on. Uh, okay, you mustn't right. be, you mustn't mislead by saying it's going to be everywhere, but that's what you'll zone in on. Uh, and then if there's going to be really torrential rains and you may get a three month worth of rain in Wales, you'll zone in on that as well. You'll bring those to the top as those are your stories. So, you know, parts of the country are going to get lashed by the 90 mile per hour winds and mm. three months worth of rain. It's truthful. It absolutely goes on as truth. Yeah. But those are the most interesting parts. You know, you might not get anything in London. It might be pretty boring elsewhere, but that's yeah. what you're going to, that's what you're going to do. That's what right. the skill of a journalist does is they yeah. see, they spot the little tiny nugget of gold in whatever they're doing. And it's like a sort of, you know, you're putting it into an oyster. It grows into a pearl. You know? Because um, I remember when I was, had, when I had that phase of it, it was probably about a year of, uh, listening to um, LBC and James O'Brien used to say because I used to love James O'Brien's show. Yeah, and, um, I like him. Yeah, he's yeah. really good, really good. I do like him, but so he he, he always used to use this line that um, that's why you always get um, cues at the um, at the at the scary at the scary rides yeah. on, on at fun fairs, and you don't get cues outside a happy yeah. ride because that fear sells. 
It does. Fear sells and bad news sells. I mean, people people yeah. read bad news. Yeah. They don't read. There was a newspaper that was set up uh, a couple of years ago called The New Day, set up by the Mirror Group. That was the idea of it was to stay with not really much swing, not really much angling to it, not yeah. much um, slant on their stuff, but just to be factual. Gods and I thought it didn't last very long. It lasted mm. about six weeks, and they pulled it because people really? didn't buy it. Yeah, you know, they buy and. Um, and, and the headlines, you mentioned, the, you know, you see the headlines, you think, so the headline writers will take what you've brought right up to the top, like the cream at the top of your pint of milk story, yeah, yeah. and they will distill it a bit more into the headline and, right. you know, make it even more 90 yeah. mile per hour, you know, so they're focused on the bit and the subhead will be something along the same lines as well. Yeah. So before you know it, you've got something that looks like it's inaccurate, yeah. but it's not. And it's, it's just a a distillation of yeah. what's going on in, in, in a way that tabloid newspapers will want it. So how many front pages have you had then? Have I? Well, when I, when I left the uh, Express, I counted up 200 on the, it wasn't just weather, but I, yeah. I've done five years since then okay. and I haven't, I never, I never kept them. Oh, right. I know. So, I you, so you've done, you've had more front pages I think since. so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. In the last five years, not so much, n none in the last year. Right. But um, actually, yes, I have in the last year. Yes, wow. they just don't put your, your name on them for other papers. Oh, really? So, yeah, but, yeah, but for, for that sort of run of weather front pages, which lasted for years and years and years, wow. I, I don't know how many there are, but I've got like a stack of them at home, and then I stopped That's collecting impressive. them because yeah. I just thought... Got no room for them. Yeah, I just thought I didn't... <laughs> I've got to buy them as well, because I'm not in the newspaper anymore, so I've got to go out and buy them. Yeah. And then I get told off by the newsagent, because if you're going, oh, not you again, not you going... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. That's really good. Um, so, like, the angle of this podcast um, is, so drawing the link between sport and business, yeah. and, and, and obviously you've got um, a lot of experience with doing, like, uh, fitness sessions now yeah. in the park, so going through going through the fire in a fitness session and being able yeah. to have this mental resilience. So, well, I'm, I'm really interested in, like, um, like, people's personal perception, and... And more importantly, around peak performance. So how yeah. how how people how the, the psychological skills that people possess with in terms of peak performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I'm interested in. Get my words out. So I mean, I've read a lot of um, a lot of academic studies. So a lot yeah. of, a lot of scientific studies out there from a sports psycholo psychology point of view that have used words like mental toughness, self determination, um, resilience. Yeah motivation all these all these um like psychological skills that um help people perform max like uh, help people perform like at a top level yeah in sport yeah. yeah so if you're if what do you think has played a massive part in your success from a like psychological point of view it's, it's, it's a really interesting question this because when i was growing up and when i was a child i had no confidence uh, absolutely oh, no. Right. I was one of these kids that had no confidence, no belief in myself. Mother used to come home from in tears at parents' evening all the time because mm. she was constantly being told, never going to make anything, never going to do anything. Oh. I had absolutely no confidence. And, but I was always a hard worker. So I always believe in, in just working hard. And I think, um, I think there's certain basic standards that I've always just done. I, like, for example, I, w I went into newspapers terrified because I thought, I'm going to be rubbish at this. Mm -hmm. I'm, how am I going to do this? It's a new... I start, it wasn't my first career. I started it sort of when I was in my late 20s. Oh, right. And I was really terrified. I was just, you know, it's a completely new thing. I had no confidence, but I've always thought, there's just, there's just... Be on time. Okay, whatever you do, be on time. I know you like that one as well. Yeah, be on yeah, time. Yeah. Be dressed appropriately. Sounds really stupid. It sounds really basic. Yeah. Be dressed appropriately and go in with the right attitude. And I think if you can just if you can just always do those three things, you're three quarters of the battle you've already oh, won. I really agree with you. Do the basics just well. Just the basics. The basics well. Yeah. So that is I really used to good walk point. into newsrooms terrified, thinking I'm so scared. I'm just so new at this, and I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm on. But, but on time. Smart. And with the right attitude, I just, I just think that will always set you up to do the best that you're capable of. If you just set you up on the right footing from the very word go, yeah. Um, that's my thing. And I also, probably a bit like you, I have a thing with people that don't do that. 
I get really narky with people that yeah. sort of stroll in half an hour late after everyone else. It's just, it's just yeah. get the basics right. Just yeah. be there on time. It's a lack That's of, it. I, I, it's like a lack of respect a little bit as well, though, isn't it? It is, totally. It's a lack of respect for yourself. Yeah. It's a lack of respect for everyone else. And it's a lack of respect for your employers. I mean, I know yeah. it's trendy to moan about employers, but I always just think, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting an opportunity here. You know, I just, again, I was obsessed with getting into news when I tried yeah. you know? and I walked into a newspaper and I thought I'm so lucky to be here and I'm just I'm, and I, you know I don't know what I'm doing because I've not really done it before but I'm just gonna you know just keep those basics just be on time work hard and and uh, have the right attitude so you said you had low confidence really low so oh, that's fascinating for me because that's such a cutthroat industry to yeah. walk into with yeah, low self-confidence so although you say you had low self-confidence like you must have had what else was going on for it you was to probably, face the fire it was probably bigger by that point I'm, when I was growing up I just had no self-confidence okay um, I don't know what changed I think I just I don't know I used to be I used to be I, I was a fat kid <laughs> So I was an overweight child. Were you really? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. That knocks your confidence. It really does. Because you're the one that's picked on at school, and you're the one that I was the te- fat kid. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Until I started boxing. Really? Yeah, I was the fat kid. Yeah. Look, so how, when did you start boxing? Uh, when I was twelve. Okay. Yeah. So I was the podgy kid. Yeah. So do, and you'll know that knocks your confidence. Uh, re- very much so. And I, I'm 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 still a fat kid inside. Yeah, you'll never lose it. He's always going to be there. He's yeah. one cream donut and he'll come he, out. He wants to eat. <laughs> he wants to eat, mate. <laughs> um, that knocked my confidence a lot. And I was, you know, even teachers at school they'd pick on. You know, I was the kid that you know they'd make you jump in the swimming pool and cause the tidal wave. You know, because they wanted to be nasty to you. Yeah. So that knocked yeah. my confidence. And then anyway, I sorted all that out. I got into fitness when I was about sixteen. Oh, okay. And became completely obsessive about it. Yeah. Being an obsessive type person. Yeah. Totally I'm the obsessive. Same. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. So whereas I was overweight, I completely went the other way. Totally obsessive. You know. Yeah. So what a, sort of sport? Danger. What sort of sport was you? Running. In? It was running. Oh, I just right. used to take myself running. Just okay. and do one mile, two miles, three miles, four miles. Wasn't yeah. enough. Five miles. Never yeah. enough. You know, do more. Yeah. You wanted to be thin. You know. So like addicted to that that rush that you get after as well. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. obsessive. It's obsessive uh, yeah. nature in a you know. And then I just thought it started to think I can sort myself out, and I started. Again, I was always worked hard at jobs. So my first job was um, my first job was probably se- my first job was actually selling paint door to door. I wasn't very oh, good really? at that. Yeah, oh, it was right. a student job, and I wasn't very good at it. Um, but my first job, I just always, I just really worked hard, and people started to. I think people respect that. They know mm, if you're a hard worker, yeah. and they start telling you. you, know, you start, they start appreciating you. It's different to school. You start being liked, I suppose. And you, yeah. You're respected in workplaces, and I got a lot of confidence, thinking actually I'm quite good at what I do. And then went on to another job, and I was quite good at that as well. And I started thinking actually, you know, I'm not really rubbish at everything in the way I think I am, or have thought I am. I can, when I put my mind to it, and I can just work hard. I can do quite well at stuff. So are you saying that what, what built this confidence this this self-confidence that you that you that you um that you have now is just doing it anyway just doing it anyway yeah just doing it anyway yeah it's like it's like you say when somebody looks at hill and they go oh i can't do that you just yeah. say just do it yeah just do it and you'll find you can do it yeah and if you can't do it you'll do it the next time yeah and if you don't do it just keep on trying to do it and you'll yeah. do it or just keep on doing it anyway and so what did you do with the failure because when you when you experienced a failure, how did you manage? That? See, I'm not very good with failure. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm actually not very good with failure. But it but it does make you work harder. Okay. So I go through a period of failure where I just think, oh my god, uh, you know, I've made a oh god, this is news stories. This mm. is my greatest fear. Right. Is that thing where you wake up at eleven o'clock at night and you think, oh my god, I put a mistake in the front page. It happens oh, so much. Yeah. It's too late to do anything about it. I do that. With, uh, I, just obviously a very small level. When I put a uh, business post out, <laughs> yeah, so on social media, yeah, and there's, and there's a mistake, and I notice oh. it. I'm like, it's like my whole world. It's, the, heart, it, but it's, it's, it's the worst feeling. It's in no, the world. it's no, it's nowhere near like it used to be. So yeah. I'm like, oh, well. It's not the front page. It, well, I mean, it's the same thing. I do it, I do it with Twitter. If yeah. I tweet something and I don't make a mistake, I think, oh, God, people are going to see that. And say, yeah. But um, that, So a failure in terms of I've made a mistake in a news story and it's on the yeah. front page and it's the worst. It is the worst feeling in the world. Right, yeah. And, but a lot of people just think, it's a mistake. You're not in the end of the world. Me, no. It's the end of the world. So that still cripples you now? It cripples me. It's Does the it? end of the world. It's the absolute... I can't bear... I think everyone's talking about me. I think everyone hates me. I think it's, like, it's, it's this total yeah. overreaction. Yeah. Total overreaction to something that's possibly not 
you know, no one cares. And that's, do you know what? The one of the biggest things that completely changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. About just over ten years ago, I met a, I met a guy who's now a really good friend of mine, and um, he he described himself as self-centered. Yeah. yeah. He described himself as a self-centered man, and then he had loads of examples as to the reason why he was a self-centered man. Yeah. But at that very moment of him describing himself as self-centered, I instantly started thinking about myself and really? how I was self-centered. But that just shows you the level. You're of my, worried, yeah. That shows you the level of my self-centeredness. Yeah. Is that I started thinking about myself when he's talking about himself? Yeah, yeah. Do you know I, I, think, I think everyone does that. I mean, don't, I doesn't think, everyone think, does that? You worry I about think, yourself. I think. I think so. I think it's the human condition. Yeah. But, but for me, the problem arises is when you what you just described. Yeah. Is when I think everyone's talking about me. Yeah. Oh, I is get when, that. I get that. Because I used to have it where I would, I would be because I was working in Egypt. I worked in Egypt for about a year, um, about eleven years ago. Um, what were you doing there? I was a fit and air conditioning. Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah. yeah so I was a fit and air conditioning, and um, so I was. I, work out there for four weeks and I'd come back for a week and on the way back home on the plane in my head I'd have an image of all my friends just sitting around doing nothing waiting for me to arrive really that was the level of my self-centeredness I just thought such an egotistical self-centered person where I just think everyone's not having fun because I'm not there because you're not there do you know what I mean but it's the same (laughs) might have been true (laughs) well don't tell me that my ego (laughs) ego is big enough as it is But, but that's the thing like what you're talking about like this like this obsession with, with what, what other, other people, people think. Yeah. I think that is that for me is that when I start feeling that way, I'm, I have to put a full stop and I have to be like. It's right. really hard though. I mean, I get it a lot. I mean, mine's yeah. in a negative way. Mine's in a. Um, it's, it's that. I mean, certainly with what I do is when you're writing stuff and it's published, you, if there's a mistake in it, everyone's going to see it. Mm. But usually they don't mind. I mean, my, my always worry was my, I was going to get told off by my news editors. I was terrified. I used to skulk into the newsroom, like hoping they wouldn't see me the next really? morning. And yeah. they wouldn't mind. It was never anything big. I'd never like libeled anyone or anything. But yeah. I might have got a, you know a, a degree uh, a Celsius Fahrenheit conversion wrong or something, and it was uh, and it right. made its way into the headline, you know, or something like that. Right, yeah. And it's just you spot it, or you, or worse, you think about. You just wake up in a cold sweat. It's eleven yeah. o'clock, and you think, is it too late to do? Oh my god, it's eleven o'clock. I can't ring up now because it's too late. It's gone to press. It's printed. They're in the news uh, agents. Right. So you just have to like. I don't know. It's terrifying. It's really terrifying. Yeah. But that's like my perception of failure is that everyone else's perception of me—they're all going to think I'm rubbish. They're all going to think I'm useless. They're all going to think I'm just like, what's he doing here? Yeah. That perception of what other people think. Yeah. Is yeah. really crippling. Yeah, that's um, that's something where we're going to come on to this actually um, a, a bit later, talking about um how like the the ego actually because yeah. that the angle is what we're talking about today is like this letting go of the ego because yeah, yeah, my, yeah. the minute i need social approval yeah. or or anyone who's external to me to to ratify my yeah. my status that's when i'm heading for trouble yeah. do you know what i mean that yeah. is when when i'm clinging for something externally to fix me internally oh god i can is, relate to that that is when yeah. i am headed for trouble yeah do you know what i think i think every most people have a yeah. sort of you know have a desire if not a need sort of approval from other people yeah. but it doesn't rule their lives it doesn't cripple them when they don't get it or they get the mm. wrong sort of approval mm. and they don't go on these massive highs when they get the right sort of approval it's sort of measured yeah. people like me and I think you as well yeah. it's just it's crippling when somebody like I, I hate it if somebody doesn't like me mm. and people say to me not everyone's going to like you yeah. and it's well why do you expect everyone's going to like you and I yeah. think well I don't I actually don't but mm. I just don't like the thought of somebody not yeah. Not appro- approving. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of like one of these people that likes to be liked by people. Just I'm yeah. sort of like I tend to be a nice person. Yeah. Well, I think I, it's, and it's all a show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I, I tend to be. But yeah. um. Yeah. It's but all a yours. Show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not really. It's <laughs> Do you know horrible. what? Do you know what? We were talking about Big Brother, weren't we, before the uh, podcast today? And I had this moment of um, I was about 15. And um, I was getting involved in behaviour that um, you shouldn't be getting involved in as a 15-year-old, doing a lot of drugs and, yeah. and a lot of other stuff. Been arrested a few times, and and um, I had this moment of realisation where the 
Big Brother had been on a few years by that point. And I remember thinking, there's no way I could go on a Big Brother house because I'll get your found fa- out. Yeah, your past would catch I, you up. I'd get yeah. found out. Yeah. yeah. No, no, not my past. Just that my, my, I would get found out. People would realise I'm a fraud. Ah, oh, I see what you mean. So you go in there I, trying to be this nice guy. Yeah, but and then they because think, cameras are on you all the time, yeah. that there's there's always going to be a point in time. I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. I was like, oh, it's just tiring. I was very tiring. Fortunately, like, I haven't had to do that for um, just over 10 years, like this show. Yeah. Mask for different situations. Yeah. Have a mask for this group of friends that I was hanging around with. Have a mask for this group of yeah. friends. Say this when I hang around with those yeah, people. Yeah, I can Do relate you know to that. I, mean? I can totally relate to that, yeah. You can sometimes find yourself just saying what you think people want to hear just because it's easier than if you say something they'll disagree with and they won't like you. Yeah. Air quotes, you know? Yeah, that, that is, that's something that I was plagued by. Yeah, and I think that stems probably the same for you. It's from childhood where you just weren't liked. I just wasn't liked as a child. Really? No one liked me. I was really unpopular. Ah, uh, was you? Really unpopular. See, when I, I started a, yeah. boxing, that was different from Yeah. Me. When I started boxing, I just started beating people up. <laughs> and, and people tend to like yeah. either like you or See, I tried run that. away it didn't from didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, good at it. I didn't. I didn't really. I don't think they'd believe me, but I tried to walk up someone and beat them up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, what, <clears throat> so what part... Um, so you mentioned you mentioned confidence, which is obviously a huge part. And I'm 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 assuming now that you're saying your success to date has been as a result of your change around in self confidence. Is that what you're saying? I would say it's probably a a a feed a, a continual feedback of both. So okay. success leads to confidence. Cons- confidence leads to more success. More success leads to more confidence, and mm. it sort of builds like a snowball. But what so, happens when you, what happens when when it all goes. Yeah, what, what happened? When you? you lose the success. Well, yeah, what, what happened? Um, w- w- in my situation, I didn't, I, I mean, I'm still touch wood, I'm still relatively successful, yeah. but my, what happened with me was I was writing, I, I just got obsessed with the weather. I mean, I totally obsessed with it with writing about it for newspapers, yeah. with, with the newspaper I worked for, which was the Express. I just loved it. I, Ryan, I'm not joking. I put it before everything. I mean, right, there was yeah. not a day went by when anything could be happening. My mind was on, what's the weather doing? What's my line going to be? What's the story going to be? I can't, I mean, there are things I, it came before family, it became before holidays, it became before, I mean, I've yeah. sat in airports thinking, I'll miss the plane because uh, something's happened and I need to file a copy. Wow. You know, I just never, I became so um, invested in it as my everything and people knew me for it you know people everywhere you know not everywhere you know when i went to work people go oh what's the weather doing today you know people are going to the you know so it became like a thing that i just became my whole life was writing about the weather and i did genuinely i loved it and then so you know circumstances changed and fashions changed and there was a there was a change in management at the papers and they didn't want that style of reporting anymore they didn't want the the endless front pages on the weather anymore i mean it happens you know new editors have new ideas and they want new different things so that went that just suddenly went. Well, the TV appearances went with it then. The TV appearances, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it sort of went. Yeah. And I, that was my, I was still writing about the weather, but that sort of, you know, front page after front page after front page after front page, just was, that was the end. Mm. And I saw that as a, oh my God, what am I going to do? What yeah. do I do? I mean, what, you know, I just was sort of very lost with it all. Yeah. Um, and it's what you're talking about, a feeling of failure. It wasn't a failure. No. I did really well, if I say so myself. I did. I worked really hard and I did mm. really well at it, but circumstance change. And um, and I felt really like, oh my God, I'm not... So like a sense of rejection. Totally, rejection. Rejection is the worst feeling in the world. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's not rejection. You know, it's nobody. I still, you know, I still really like the people I worked with. I still get on with them. But they, they, what they wanted for their product and their job and they were moving forward was different. It does happen. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, the Daily Star used to put Jordan on their front pages. You know, Jordan, the Katie Price. Yeah. For, for about a year. And then lost interest. It stopped. Yeah. You know, their, their, their moods changed. And I was very lucky. I got to do it for years and years and years. Um, almost, I, my first weather story with the Daily Express was, I think, 2009. And my last one, uh, well, I still work for their website, actually. But and but my last front page, I think, was 2000, it was last year. Oh, right. With the big freeze. You remember the big freeze yeah, we had? The big freeze. Yeah. Um, what was the headline? Killer freeze to get worse, I think. Oh, right, okay. I'm going go, to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, because it was so, I'd, I'd invested everything in it and I'm an obsessive type person and it was my everything. I just, I just 
put it before everything and I just loved it. I just obsessed about it. You know, mm. I did a, um, I wanted to get better at it. So I did an open university, very basic course in meteorology because I thought I want to be the best. Oh, yeah. You know, if I want to be the best at what I'm doing, I need to do that. And you, not need good to know, you need to know more about what you're yeah. writing about. I wanted to yeah. know what the weather was doing yeah. before the people I would speak to about the weather would do it. So I would be ahead of them even. And I still do it actually now. Um, so it's a huge, when you get that sense of rejection, it just is crippling. It's really crippling. I, re I really relate to that. I mean, because we spoke about it. I spoke about it briefly on another uh, uh, podcast as well. Uh, on another, not another podcast, another episode rather. And um, like when I had to stop boxing because of my injury. That must have been so hard. I mean, I well, can't. I mean, let's not get ahead of myself. I mean, uh, although it was professional boxing, it was... I was getting paid to box. That's yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Okay. It wasn't like I, I was. I got paid a small amount of money to box. Yeah. So, but, so, but, I'd been I'd been boxing since I was twelve, and it was something that I always went back to. Yeah. It was that was that was something that I always went back to. It was something if I was having a bit of a bad day, if yeah. I'd had a good day, or if I needed some social approval, yeah. if I needed I needed if I needed you to have. If I needed to think that you had this perception of me of as this hard bloke yeah. from South East London, which I I do I do I, I realise I'm, I'm locked in a van with you at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do understand just by saying those words it makes me cringe. Yeah, now, I know what you mean. Okay, yeah. To to say, but that is that that's basically it. Yeah. If I needed uh, uh, an uplift. Yeah. In my status, then I would I would go back to boxing. Yeah. And I would start training again. It's funny, isn't fights. it? How you just you latch onto something that makes you feel good and you become good at. Yeah. And it becomes, it's good to be like that. It's good to be um, to put your, all your effort into it. But it, it's where it's where the line is where it starts to take control of you a bit. When it when it for me, I'm not saying this is for everyone. For me, when it became a part of my identity. Yeah. That's when the issue that that was that was the problem for yeah, me. Yeah. So we, I got bullied. Um, in my first secondary school that I went to, I started boxing and then started fighting. And it was like, well, I'm a boxer. Yeah. I'm Ryan French. Because it boxer. made you feel good. It gave you this new, this exactly. thing that you were Ryan, I, the yeah. guy who people yeah, respect can, me because it, I can box. Because I can yeah. box. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can relate to that. And and so what, for me, I really relate to this like sense of, um, so Although it wasn't rejection, I didn't feel rejection. It was like a real deep sense of loss. And yeah, I had it's to like really, a bereavement, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's it exactly what it is. I had to yeah. grieve. I had to grieve. And I, I remember I was talking to my like, my wife. I, I was like, crying my eyes. Yeah, out. I did that, yeah. Like, I was literally, like, I couldn't control it. It's it was also, like I just it, broke up with It's someone. a feeling about being out of control as well. Yeah. It's this thing that you're in control of that makes you feel good and you've lost it. Mm. Or you're the good at, or you're, or, or pays your way, you know. And, yeah. And, does all these things and you're suddenly out of control because it's been taken away from you and there's just nothing you can do about it so how did you deal with that well I think I mean I, it's not as bad as, as your one I mean you you're boxing I know anyway um, your, your pain is your pain and my pain yeah, is my yeah. you know what I mean your, yeah, I know, your, I know. yours is worse I don't, than I don't want to make out like it was yours you. is worse than mine because you experienced it and yeah my, actually that's and good mine, point. mine's worse than yours because I experienced yeah. it yeah <laughs> well actually I mean, I'm still lucky I still do I, mean, I don't want to give the wrong I, I still do write a lot I, do, I write as much as I want to and I get papers touch with God love them they still use me um, stuff gets into it it's, mm. what was me was that run that that frenetic run yeah. of, of front page after front page after front page and you know so um, how did what happened was I think I'm not good at dealing with failure as I said I went mm. through a sort of a spiral of oh my god rejection I'm rubbish I can't mm. and it really knocked my confidence I went through a period where I couldn't file news copy for a bit actually really? what we do is we freelancers you write news copy and you file it to the newspapers you sort of send it to them I was almost scared to do that because I thought oh god I've had this rejection I feel I feel I'm in a state of rejection I have no com I sort of almost don't have confidence in what I'm doing anymore mm. I've almost lost confidence in the fact that I can write anymore or that I can write good news copy anymore I, it was really weird I just thought oh my god I've got to start dealing with new publications that don't know me do they what if I put a mistake in it what if I don't do it as well as I've been doing it what if something happens I'm just not doing it to that level that I was doing it and I just thought I can't do it I'm, I'm gonna how long was you living in that space for I'm still there a bit really? I'm still there a bit it doesn't really? go away yeah I still I'm super like um not not half as bad I mean you just get over it. I mean I'm, I you do other things and you, you sort of, you know, you, you have to get over it. But I'm still, I'm still, you know, knock of confidence. It, it haunts so, you. So for someone who's, 
living in that space right now because I think I, I'm going to choose my words because I don't need to seem like it, but it seems like you're really hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems totally, like you're being yeah. like, really hard on yourself. Like, because you, it seems like you need to give yourself a bit more yeah. credit. But you can relate to that, no? Because you can... Yeah, like, I, I can. I, and I, I can relate to... Um, but I have... So I have a coach. Yeah. And I, I also have a mentor. Yeah, yeah. And um, I have a few mentors, actually. I have a spiritual advisor who helps me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who helps me to see the wood through the trees. Yeah, it's... That's, so, what... How do you? How do you just? Because you're saying you're still in there, but you obviously you're not still, as much. I mean, you're it's still not. producing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, still yeah, out yeah, there yeah. producing. You so. always got a hunger for that thing that you did really well. It's a really funny story. Um, not funny. Quite an interesting story, actually. And this sort yeah. of I Google, stumbled across this when I was googling. It involves Oprah Winfrey and Michael Jackson. Now I'm going to ask you to stay with me for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, okay. Do you know this story? No, go on. So you know who? Obviously, you know Oprah yeah, Winfrey, yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson released an album called Thriller in 1983. You know this mm. album. Yeah. And it was the most successful album of all time ever by anyone. Yeah. It was the most successful album yeah. ever produced. Okay. I think it sold 23 million copies. It beat mm. the Beatles. It beat absolutely everything, and it was a phenomenal achievement. But it was a one-off. Now, apparently, Michael Jackson was never ever satisfied afterwards because he could never match that. It was called chasing the phenomenon. He was trying to constantly chase after something that he was never going to get again. Mm. It was gone. It was done. He's never going to get that success again. But it followed him through his whole career. Mm. So when his next album, Bad, I think it was, came out and sold 28, 20 million albums, mm. he was dissatisfied Only with 20 it. million. Only 20 million. I know, I know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. And Oprah Winfrey was talking about this with her show when she just knew at one point it started to flag and people weren't watching television anymore. They were going onto digital platforms that her show was going to go down. And she was constantly wanting the success of when it was big in the yeah. 80s she thought back to that thing of she's chasing a phenomenon you've got to let it go it was great and it was good and you did really well at it but you're never going to match that again and you've got to let it go and move on and I found that quite helpful that concept of you can have something that you've done really really well in your own opinion other people's opinions and you've been successful at and it doesn't last forever and that's all right you know it's fine you just move on you leave it where it is you thank it you wish it well and all the rest of it you know yeah. and uh, you move on to the next thing it's harder to do than it is to to yeah, say yeah. but um yeah. that's sort of the idea so is that so that's the philosophy that you're that you try and use yeah, yeah it's that thing of letting go you've got to learn to let go oh, that's such a great it's hard one. though oh, let go let go and um like so there's a few people that are um talk to you use a phrase um so let go because i'm uh, i believe in god but yeah not um, I do. i'm not a re- i'm not a religious man and and it's a shame that i have to add that caveat and but it's just but i i, I yeah. feel like i do no i'm the same you, you've um, got your god and you know yeah, it is more yeah, yeah but it's my own conception yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of what god is and so there's a phrase let go and let god and what i understand that to mean for me is just to just hand it over, yeah, hand over, and not not try and control the outcome, yeah. Because you, do you know what I mean? Because I've I'm I've got this sense that I can do. It's a lot better than it used to be, but this sense of like control, yeah, and try and control well, the I, outcome. It's amazing. You know I think I, mean? I know exactly what you mean, and I think this is the key. Now, I I also went through a phase of reading loads of self help books and loads oh, of yeah. um, sort of older. Um, people like you know, Napoleon Hill. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know Napoleon Think and Hill. Rich. Absolutely, yeah. and um, Wallace Wattles wrote uh, the old mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah. And there's there's various people. What's your What's your go to book? Wallace then? Wattles, The Secret of Getting Rich. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's not. Yeah. It's actually you can put aside the bit about getting rich. It's not actually about getting rich. Yeah. It's about it's about thinking to improve yourself in whatever way it was. Now he he his anchor was money. You know, yeah. do, do, you know this is how you think about yourself. This is how you think. This is yeah. how you. So what you think is what you attract. Yeah, what you think is what you attract. Now for yeah. him it was money, but I mean obviously money as well. But it, it doesn't have to be about money. So, so he, what, I like. What do, you, what do you what do you try and think about? Me would be success in work. Would be. Um, getting a story into the paper would be selling stories today you know is that sort of one what I had and how do you because I I, I believe I, I the minute I try and control my thoughts yeah because I I accept that my first thought most of the time is sick yeah is is a thought that I 
probably won't share publicly <laughs> because they're quite they're quite but I can't choose that. Yeah, I you can't, can't choose my fault. You so can't. That's right. How do you what do you do to um, to think what you want to think or? Well, it's again, it's really interesting because I don't think you can think what you want to think because yeah. as soon as you start thinking about it, your mind wants to think about something completely different. It's yeah. so annoying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I read, as I said, I read loads of self help uh, books and things. I, I went through a period where I just devoured them like comics. Mm. I just read every one that came out. I would read it, and they mm. all follow the same thread. And the thread seems to be, you have got to learn to let go. And not let go in a negative way, but just let go of something. Because it's like, you know, I'm sure you've heard the metaphor of, you know, if you're, if you're hugging onto an armfuls of pillows and you want to grab something over there, you can't until you've mm. dropped what you're hanging onto and yeah. you've got to let it go. It's a real skill and I haven't mastered it. I cling on to stuff. But I think letting go and focusing on the next thing and having that, um, having that sort of, feeling of I can do it you know I've done stuff in the past and I can do this new thing that I'm going to do and I can you know and I can let go of what I was doing 10 years ago yeah. and it was it's never going to go I'm really lucky in my career and that newspapers are archived they're always going to be there yeah. they're never going to vanish off the face of the yeah. earth I'm not going to get the same run as I did but they're always there so I'm really lucky in that respect mm. um but letting go is really hard. It's the letting go, yeah. and that allows you to move on to the next thing. Definitely. So it's like, and the way that it was put to me, um, when we're talking about the boxing, yeah, I was sitting around a group of, um, a group of uh, there's four of us. So I was with three friends, and um, I was really having a hard time with not being able to let go mm. of the fact that I was a boxer. Because mm. I had to let go of the fact that I was never going to fight again. I had to let go of the fact that people weren't going to be talking about me. Yeah. I have a fight coming up. Yeah. And in my little circle, because it was only a little circle, of like 200 odd of my friends at my last yeah. fight. And at your call, it was, it, was, it was really loud. And there was, it was a lot of... So I had to accept that. And that was what he said. So I just used it. There. Just, now it's like, comes to me really easily. I just had to accept it. But at that time, I was in a, like, in a very dark place mentally. Um, I was very not just just so uncomfortable in my own skin like just a couple no, of years ago that, yeah. and I was sitting opposite a friend and he's a very good friend of mine and he tells me the truth regardless yeah. of how hard it is for the truth to hear and that's what a real friend does yeah oh totally and he said to me mate he went if you fight again you are incredibly selfish the state of your health I couldn't walk properly I talk properly um, it looked like I had a lobotomy that's what yeah. my friends told me I couldn't even talk properly so he said if you fight again you're going to be selfish you're, it's incredibly selfish because you've got um, a, a little uh, a, a baby at the time he was only young and a wife yeah um, how do you think they're going to be if you get so hurt that you can no longer work or you can no longer be around to actually spend time with them um, I mean, you just need to accept it was that the te- was that the thing that got into your head that's, that's the thing that, that was the, that was the thing it was yeah. uh, but not when obviously when he first told me that I wanted to punch his head in. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he first told me that I'm thinking no how can I accept this I can't accept this yeah. you're calling me selfish yeah. for doing the, one, the the thing that is me yeah because my it's not, identity it's not just the boxing it's you yeah. it's not just the and boxing it's, you have to let go of a part of the you ego. Going, yeah the ego the ego yeah. for me it's because my ego I may I identified myself in this thing that we call reality yeah. as a boxer yeah, yeah and yeah. you're now telling me that i can no longer do the one thing that is me yeah it's so it was removing and it, I, I would i was saying it sounds very very like over the top and dramatic but it was like i was in bits at the time saying i feel like i've lost a bit of me uh, you would have done i mean I, i've never been through something like that i mean i wouldn't i just don't know how you I mean, mm. i've said to you i'm interested in, in yeah. talking to you about that but i don't know how you can get through something like that I'd be in pieces. I mean, I've... my faith. Yeah. Faith got me through that. Yeah. Because um, I believe that this thing, that this is my conception, my conception of a higher power, of God, whatever you want to call it, this this energy that keeps us all living and breathing. I believe this energy is in me. Yeah. It's yeah, in yeah. you. Yeah. It's in the trees. It's in everything. Yeah. So I. It's, I believe that energy wants you to be happy, wants me to be happy, yeah. wants everyone to be happy, wants yeah. everyone to experience love. So I, that thing that happened to me was the catalyst for something better. Yeah, I so agree with faith, you. So the faith, I had to have faith that everything was going to be all right. Yeah. And that God or Whatever you omnipotent call it, yeah. being yeah. wants me to be happy. Yeah. And that's what 
drove me through it. It's a, again, it's really, it's very freeing that because I'm, I'm the same, and I, I like you. Uh, in no way at all religious. Mm. In fact, I'm sort of slightly resistant religion, but I don't yeah. like it really. I don't like a book that tells you, you know. Yeah. But I, the one thing I do believe in above anything else is that there is something out there that is sort of responsible for why we're and yeah. what we're whatever. Yeah. And it is a sort of an intelligence that knows what it's doing. And sometimes you just got to say, you know, the universe, if you want to call it the universe or God or mm. whatever, yeah. just knows what it's doing and I don't. Mm. No, and I've got to go with it. Yeah, and it's quite a freeing thing that really you know, there is. is something that just knows what's better for me than I do. Yeah, and it's that letting go and letting it's go. It's that just letting go and having faith that actually everything's going to be all right. Yeah, doesn't mean to say that I don't put in the work. Yeah, I don't yeah, have to yeah, put yeah. one foot in front of the other and yeah. actually put in some action. Yeah, but if I'm going down a certain road that is not supposed to be that road, yeah, then that road will change. It will change for you. Yeah, yeah and it, there's nothing it, you can do about it. Yes, it's going to change. You've just got to let it go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really nice thought, actually. That's yeah. one of the things I really do just think, you know what? I'm not in control of any of this anyway. Yeah. So just let it yeah, go. That's all right. Let it go. Yeah. That <laughs> and that lasts for about 30 seconds, and I'm like, oh my God, I've lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. But it was a good 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, good 30 seconds oh. of peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's really good. So um, oh, we've covered quite a lot, actually. Um, oh, I think. Let's just briefly yep. touch on the fact that you've been injured. Yeah, okay. So you got injured, didn't you? You've been injured for about three months. This it's three. It's coming up. To, it's more than three months now. Is it? Yeah, and it's really annoying. Yeah. yeah. So what actually happened? Well, actually, this ties in with the sort of change in my career thing because when that career change happened, I thought I need something mm. to fill this void. Not a void. You know, this little little thing I'm not doing regularly mm. anymore. I need to have something. I'm not gonna. You know, I, I need to have something. I thought oh, I'll join. BMF, the boot, you know, BMF mm. boot camp, mm. and I became totally obsessive about that, yeah. as you probably know. Um, <laughs> going th- two days a week, that's fine. I'll go three days a week, no, that's not enough. Yeah. I'll drive to Dulwich one day a week. I'll do yeah. that one as well. Yeah. Five days a week. So you know this. You yeah. know how it goes. You yeah. One to two, three, yeah. four, five. It's doing it four times a week, five, maybe six sometimes. You know. Yeah. And so it became completely obsessive with it. You know, yeah. just loved it. Loved the people. Loved the trainers. Loved yeah. the doing it. Loved the park. Loved the hills. Loved everything about mm. it get an injury it's, again there's that moment you think okay I know what you're looking up to the sky going okay I know you know this is for my own benefit but I really don't get it at this point you know because I'm about to now have to admit accept that I'm not going to be able to do the thing mm. that has got me through the last year that I love and this is another thing that I'm not going to be able to do yeah. I, it's possibly a bit dramatic I do have a tendency no, for that but yeah I think but what I really like about how open you're being is I'm going to challenge anyone to not identify. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a horrible think, feeling. But, ev- like... but everyone has those thoughts. Yeah. Whether it's about training, whether it's about being able to watch their favourite programme, whatever it, do you know, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. it is, like, yeah. we all have that thought process yeah. to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes down again to control. It's a control thing. Something out of your control has happened that is going to dictate your life for the next few months and there's nothing you can do about it so what was the lesson that you learnt from it then don't turn around on the stairs before walking up the next step <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah as well as that the lesson is it's another lesson in, in letting go yeah you know it's that letting go and letting go of control Greenwich Park is always going to be here mm. BMF is always going to be here it's only a sprain yeah it will get better yeah I nothing I can do to speed it up yeah but it will get better. And I've just got to go with it. I didn't do that very well, I have to say. So what... Because um, obviously now you've coming through it now. You're starting to train again. Yeah. But now, like, retrospectively analysing what happened, um, what do you think needed... Why do you think that injury happened? Do you know, really, really interesting question. Because, again, when that injury happened, I thought, okay need to not not find something else but I need to do something and I found myself working more actually doing more work yeah. and um, I signed up to do a law degree wow <laughs> I know really uh, yeah I'm starting in October and oh, that was something I was thinking about doing. thank you yeah. but, well uh, t- four years give me that if I pass and finish yeah, no, but, it's, it. but it's still you've made the yeah. first step but I just really got into that then I just thought okay I can't go to BMF but I can sit down and plan my, plan my way through law books yeah and I got 
But now you're still going to have to do that and do BMF. Yeah, now I've got to do that and do BMF as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fine. I can do that. That's really exciting. Um, Yeah, so it's just just not replacing it, but just, you know, it opened opened something else. You're like a channel in your brain tapped into something that you might not necessarily have done. Yeah, or or the the time to do. Yeah. You know, because I spent the last three months working my way through, but I haven't even started my course yet. It starts, I'm doing it with the Open University, I'm starting in October. Cool. But I thought, okay, well, what I can do is I can give myself a real good head start by going through all the stuff first. Nice. And all the pre-reading and all that. All the pre-reading and yeah, stuff, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So you've got to look at, well, I've just said to myself, it's really, you'll know, any, anyone who does sports or enjoys sports will yeah. know they, when you get injuries, it's a really horrible oh, feeling. It's, it's just hell. the worst in the world. It is hell, yeah. It's that moment when you do it and you know. Your mind says, you're sort of like your conscious brain goes, maybe it's not as bad as it yeah. is, but you know, yeah. that's, that's a three month job that. Um, but it opened a big amount of time to do other stuff. And actually I thought, I'm back at BMF now. And I'm doing my, my, maybe I don't need to do five days a week. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to do six days a week. You can maybe have a I little can... bit more healthy balance. Yeah. Between, yeah, that's good, mate. That so, really um, good. so in a way it's been a positive thing. No, no, maybe. definitely. <laughs> well, that's exactly how I look at my injury. Yeah. Yeah, uh, mate. Um, Boxing wasn't good for me. Boxing helps a lot of people. Yeah. Not, boxing wasn't good for me. Yeah. Because it 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 pandered to an unhealthy obsession, an unhealthy need for social approval. For me, but, other people, fine. But yeah, for me, boxing wasn't, wasn't good, good for me. It's a shame, though, isn't it? I mean, do you think you're just like that with anything? I mean, whatever you get into... What, you can... self-centred and self-obsessed? <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That answered it. All right, OK. Um, so whatever you do then, you're going to have to... You have to do something that you'll know is not going to, like... Well, I think... Yeah. Um, I th- all, what, what I need to do is just check my motives. Yeah, That's all okay. it is. So what I'm saying is, there wouldn't be nothing wrong with me boxing Yeah. if I was doing it for the right yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me... The motive, the underlying motive for me was wrong. So do you think... Because I was like a crack addict yeah, with yeah. boxing. See, it's the thing, isn't it? It, it? All these things, they're brilliant, but once they take control of you, they, they don't serve you. The very word they use, and they don't serve you. So it becomes, a, becomes something you're not out of control of. You're not enjoying it anymore. You sort of are enjoying it, but you're Absolutely. not enjoying being imprisoned by it. Yeah, yeah, There's definitely. a weird sort of psychology goes on. You love doing it, but you hate the fact that it's got control of you and not the yeah, other way around. Yeah, yeah. A bit like a drinker, I suppose. Yeah. You know, you love doing it, but you wish you didn't. Exactly like, exactly like that. And yeah. you hate being um, sort of beholden to this thing that you can't mm. let go of. Mm. And when it goes, and maybe you felt this, when it when it's taken off you, in it, the horror of it is whole, awful. You've got all the horror, but a tiny bit of you just thinks, oh God, it is actually a bit of a relief. Mm. It is actually. I, there's nothing I can do. I can't cling on to it anymore because it's gone. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's exactly what. That's exactly what happened. But yeah. it took a little while to get into that yeah, yeah, yeah. relief stage. You know, yeah. it take a little while. Um, we've um, yeah, we covered loads of ground, mate. Yeah, yeah, we co- covered a lot there. Um, so, what? For someone who's listening today and they're listening along and they're thinking, do you know what? That's exactly what I'm experiencing right now, and they're, and they're in quite a dark place with it. Yeah. What? What? What's your biggest takeaway point for someone? I think it's a really hard question to ask because everyone's going to be different. I mean, for me, it is... I think it's just getting a sense of perspective. All of these things are just not as bad as you think they are. And let's face it, none of us are going to be here in 100 years' time. None of these things are as bad as you think about them. And when you think you've lost control, which is, I think, for me, is the killer. I've lost control. You haven't. Mm. You've just, you know, you've just... You need to just work in a different way. Get a sense of perspective. And give yourself if you a bit of a breather. Give yourself a bit of a breather. Yeah. And then just remember what you do, what makes you feel good about yourself. I mean, just remember, for me, I like working hard at stuff. I like being good at stuff. I like achieving stuff. So for me, I got a real buzz out of that for a year doing BMF. You know, I loved mm. it. And that was got me through a year. And then something else, you know, maybe in October when I start doing law, um, I'll get really into that. And that'll give me a nuisance. There's always something. And there's somebody once told me, I'm just going to be a really simple thing. Is there's always going to be another opportunity. So that's that's really good. Like that's a, a real. So so I'm all about action. Yeah. yeah. I love I love giving people um, something they can do. Like so, what I'm gonna I'm gonna put words in your mouth. Yeah. But, so tell me if it's wrong. Yeah. But 
So you you said that you found like exercise again. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. one thing that you that yeah. you did that helped. Yeah, that helped maybe relieve some of this like mental burden that yeah. you were experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what if someone was listening and they wanted to say what? Because because like you said earlier, just letting go. It's so easy to say, yeah. but in practice, it can be quite hard to do. Yeah. So what could someone do? What's an action someone could take? Um, an action? Well, I, okay, physical exercise is Brilliant. always a good one. Because it really, be, I mean, just, just, just look at physical exercise out, out of the discussion. It's good for your mental health. Definitely. It's good for your physical health. Yeah. It's so much fun when you get into it. Yeah. You meet people. I mean, I've met some of the best friends I've had in my life in this group. Yeah. I'm no joking. Yeah. You meet people. So physical exercise, if you've never been into it, or maybe try something new. Try something new that you've never done that's going to challenge you. Because when you're thinking about something, um, you know, what something new that you're doing, your mind's not on what you've yeah. left behind. Yeah. It's actually a really good point because I tried doing mindfulness for a long time I went to one of those mindfulness classes to learn how to mm. quiet my mind mm. and to use mindfulness and I didn't really I enjoyed it and I tried to practice it but it I find it just doesn't really work for me my mind is all over the place and I'm constantly doing it but um, one of our members here actually said you're actually doing mindfulness while you're doing this yeah. because this is the best form of mindfulness. Yeah. While you're, you're in the moment. pushing your body, you're in the moment. Yeah. You're you're pushing your body to such an extent that your brain is actually on pause. Mm. You're doing what you're doing and you're going through it and your brain is getting an hour of break. Yeah. Um so physical exercise is brilliant. That's I'd always awesome. say about that. I mean That's don't awesome. uh, don't take it to ridiculous lengths. Maybe start the walk if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. really nice mate. That's really yeah. good. So if anyone's listening along today and they're like intrigued um, to go and find you or find the work yeah. that you're doing right now. Yeah. Well, you're not your address. Yeah, yeah don't. don't. <laughs> Anyone on Twitter listening, please don't come and find me on my address. <laughs> so where can, where, where can people find you online? Uh, online, yeah, just, I mean, yeah. I still write for the Daily Express websites. I still yeah. write for the papers. Um, I'm sort of out and about. All that. I do some TV stuff. You've got your stuff. own website as well, haven't you? I've got my own website, but I haven't worked on that for a while. I mean, that was I mean, a bit yeah. more of just uh, when I left the, when I went freelance, I just wanted something there. Oh, okay. It was more of an anchor for me, actually, because oh, right, okay. I was going out into the big world of unemployed but that website was there so I didn't mm. feel like I was but you know I thought that's something yeah, there right, okay. to mark my new freelance career so maybe on Twitter and that's more current is that what you're saying yeah you're I mean I don't use I, t- I do tend to avoid social media I don't I'm okay. not a huge fan of social media I have to say I use it because I have to for my job yeah. but I don't pay much heed to it I ah, have okay. to say right, that's I cool. um that's, that's, that's pretty good then. yeah I think yeah. you've got to let it sort of like I agree, go over you it's yeah. it's uh, a lot of it is, is 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 just nothing you should be worrying about with yeah. so but anyway in terms of what I do I still write loads of weather I still write loads of news stories I still do a bit of TV um so we can keep an eye out for you absolutely well thanks a lot for coming on mate no, thank it's you been it's been an great. absolute pleasure having you on and um yeah same as for me if you've enjoyed listening um today please do like subscribe and share and also leave a comment um but only if they're good, because I, I don't want to hear any bad ones. <laughs> you may get some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'll see you in, it'll probably be a couple of weeks, but I'll, yeah, see you later. Thanks, Rob.